Be brave enough to fight off despair. If you're a Gundam pilot, a new type, you can do it. Welcome to New Time Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Mobile Suit Gundam Zeta, Double Zeta, episodes 23 and 24. We have with us Scotty P. Fun fact about me, Bachelor number one, is that I have never betrayed anyone in my entire life. And Luke? I, I, I misprepared. I thought we were doing Double Zeta, not Zeta Double Zeta, which is the unknown sequel to Zeta and Double Zeta, but it's still set before Char's counterattack, so I'm, I'm, I'm woefully unprepared for this episode. All of that, but it's the advanced flag of Titans. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, Zeta, Double Zeta, Zeta Double Zeta, and then really, really Zeta. <laughs> oh, hell. Hey, are we doing 22 and 23? Yeah, we are doing 23. And 22. Oh, uh, it's a day for me. It's a day. I, this, I, is a, this is a recurring... I, I'm almost starting to think it's a gag. So so here it is. I have episode 23, Judo Launch. And then like further down in my notes, episode 23, Burning Earth. <laughs> but the title of my notes are episode... There's Double Zeta 22 and 23. Well, I mean, at least you had something right. But I guess, did you go off? The, where'd you get the twenty-three uh, for judo? Was that did you wiki it? Uh, it was probably it just. Like it was. It was probably just me hitting the keyboard incorrectly. Impossible. It never happens. Everything's right. Lame answer. So, the Argama is leaving Granada, uh, and they are getting some new suits. They're like all wrapped up. With bubble wrap and everything. And uh, one of the new suits... Is is it more than one new suit, or is it just the shoulders of the Hakushiki making it look like three suits? I think I think it's just one. I think it's just uh, Mad Char has brought them a Hiyakushiki. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I only saw the one. I could only, I could only I, make I, out the one. I think when I saw it, it was like the shoulders, the tall shoulders made it look like they had three suits draped in there. But yeah, the only one we see if they did bring more is the Hakushiki, and we learn it's exactly the same as the old one, but it's not the old one. Yeah, there's. If you said it was the old one, it's still only going to be what thirty percent of the old one that wasn't blown to smithereens. Yeah, so everybody wants to pilot the Hakushiki because it's gold and it's the hotness, and and, and we know from previous uh conversation whatever suit uh shard decides to pilot that color is what, what's going to be popular so everybody wants the, the new hotness of the gold suit now yeah does anyone uh, else Rocker think did. that reflective metallic gold is not an ideal color for a military vehicle not any worse than bright red i guess well reflective in space i think is actually a pretty good idea well, I don't even know if I mean reflective because I don't think it is reflective. I think it's just metallic. It'll catch light. That's, I mean, that's good, I guess. My master grade is reflective. Yeah, I remember. I remember, uh, like the the shiny Hyakushiki was one of the first gunpla I ever saw, and I was like, "Oh man, that looks so awesome!" And now, like, whenever they get a chance, they make a shiny 
I think the Fenix is, is shiny. There's, I think there's a few that have like the black shininess and the uh, Akatsuki from Seed Destiny, which is a, it's an homage to the Hyakushiki. So it, that kit, the one one hundred, is like that. Um, it's funny though, the newer Hyakushiki Master Grades, they do like a darker metallic yellow. So yeah, there's there's that. Yeah. So Madchar says that Haman is aboard the Satellon and the Argama needs to blow it up with its uh, mega cannon. It's fancy new fuck you cannon is what I wrote down. Yeah. It's not new, though. They've had it a few episodes now, haven't they? Or did they upgrade it again? A few. No, I mean a few. Yeah. I think it's still... Yeah, it, it, it's not long enough to not call it new. It's not new, new, but it's still pretty new. I mean... They've only used it once, right? I mean, there's only one. It's only been fired one time that we've seen, so it's that's new. Eh, that that makes it instantly aged in this show. Um, all right, so the Argama is being ordered to pursue and destroy Haman's fleet that's heading towards Earth. Um, and there's this whole like back and forth between Bright and Madshar, um, and Madshar's like I. I guarantee you that you can you can stop it. And Bright says, uh, "Yeah, your guarantee is pretty worthless to me." Well, Madchar basically slaps the roof of the Argama and says, "You've got so many Gundams in this thing <laughs> that you you cannot lose. You he's can't got, possibly lose." He's got the Mark II, the Zeta, the Double Zeta, and now the Hakushiki. And the precursor to the Delta, but not the Delta, because they wanted to sell the existing model kits instead of... Like, it's been a year. Why would they like be like, here's this year-old prototype? Maybe it's just all they had laying around. I, I, guarantee, I guarantee you they had just like a, oh, there's a bunch left that we haven't sold yet. Like, can you, can you, can you stuff this in here? Like, oh, it's going to be the new suit. No, no, no. The new suit. Is not, we're not ready for the new suit yet. We got some... Gotta move some Hyakushikis real quick. Well, I mean, if you think about it too, like in Zeta, they they showed the Hyakushiki for like a few episodes and then it disappeared for a really long time. And then it came back for like a few more episodes towards the end. So maybe they're just trying to like get the hype train going again. But yeah, I was just gonna say it's called building hype. Yeah, yeah. That's well that was because we had to go follow um Camille's adventures on Earth. So that's why it disappeared. But these days, what would happen if this were to you know, come out now where they were to do some kind of remake or, or movie or something of it, you would get the, uh, you know, one of the Hyakushiki Kais or whatever they've been putting up like on P Bandai, the hot Hyakushiki that fucks that version. <laughs> or the, or the black one, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That one actually looks really cool. That one just not really, not released, released not too long ago, but that was a, that was a build divers variant, right? I don't, I think it is. Off the top of my head, let's, I don't know, but that's good. That. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, bright crash. That sounds right. Um, the bright says that Madchar's guarantee that his can- team can stop him on is uh, uh, basically worthless, and uh, yeah, bright doesn't really seem to uh, like Madchar too much. Um, so we go. To Picha and Mondo, who have made a bunch of uh, bombs for Judo to take to Axis and uh, use to, to rescue Lena. Yeah, apparently they suddenly are annoyed by him or hate him or something. I'm not really sure. Well, they've so what they've done is that they have taken these 
containers and put bombs in them, and then they've strung them all together. Yep. Like uh, a series of beads, if you will. Like, um, you know, rosary beads. What are you laughing at? Go to church. Each little one's a Hail Mary. Um, So anyway, what I really enjoyed, though, here is that when they are explaining to Judo what to do with them, you know, take them out of the ZZ and you can, you know, kind of toss them and and blow them up. And we made this wire that's long enough to let you blow them up from a safe distance. Like Mondo is explaining it and he draws a diagram of how it will work. And he also says they wrapped them in plastic. No, yeah, he but, didn't. He didn't just draw a diagram. He had that diagram ready. He like wheeled that thing out on a whiteboard, like yeah, ready to go. He's like, "See, this is this is how far away you shouldn't be, and this is how far away you're gonna be. It'll be fine." Yeah. What I loved most about the diagram, though, is that it's awful. It, that is, if you are ever wondering what you never wondered this, no one listening wondered this, but I'm gonna go with this anyway. If you ever wondered what it would look like if I drew stuff for like if i drew a gundam like doing things it would look about like mondo's diagram which is <laughs> terrible <laughs> yeah um yeah so so judo starts off skeptical but you know when they tell them that they wrapped them in plastic to make them a little bit more um explosive safe i guess like avoid they 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 won't bump into each other as easily and and explode on him he's he finally gets on board and they're like well you know you can use this save lena he's like oh of course i'll do anything to yeah save well so beaches says you he pulls the lena card and he says what you do is you like jump from ship to ship and go like where's lena and then you have bombs so if she's not there you just blow them up and move on to the next yeah. one murder everybody until you find lena um Yep. So we learn as after Judo gets on board that this is uh, Beecha and Mondo's plot to become the main characters of the show. They they actually say that it's time to get Judo out of the way so that they can be the main character. So this is going to become Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta Beecha and Mondo edition. So like they were real quick to jump to like, well, let's just murder him and then we'll be like popular. Like, no, you betrayed everyone and they barely let you back on board. You m- immediately murdering their like key pilot is not gonna, I don't know. To, to be <laughs> fair, Mondo and Beecha. to be fair, Bright didn't just almost let them on board. He got in a full on drag out argument with Wong about it. And he, he was like, I, I have faith in these kids. I didn't check the writing credits, yeah. but I would bet without looking at them at least a dollar that this episode was not written by the same people or person that wrote the previous episode where that happened. And they probably didn't talk to each other. Given that these are like, you know, right up next to each other and they were aired <laughs> a week apart, entirely possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were basically like, is, are Beach and Mondo on the, on the argument? Okay. I will continue on. Um, yep. Yeah, so Eno attaches the bombs to the Devil Zeta. Uh, also forgot to mention Shinta and Kum overheard the last part of, uh, of Beach and Mondo talking about killing Judo. Um, so flash over to Haman. Haman is confident that they can beat the Argama and to stop uh, deploying mini uh, Minofsky particles. So she's like, ah, we can... Stop deploying the Minofsky particles, uh, and if the Argon comes up, we can wreck wreck their shit. Um, and she orders Raman Dakaran to launch, who we've never heard of before. 
but he is just Sky. Sky's about to say something. Go go ahead. Well, listen, we cannot go without mentioning Haman has her evil like space empress outfit yeah. on again. I I was waiting for a moment to jump in. She she's got like a Loki mask yeah. and like a dominatrix cat suit thing going on. It's it's kind of kind of crazy. Did they steal Loki's mask from her? Probably. I don't know. I don't, Loki's been around a long time, so it's one one inspired the other. They're very similar. Oh, did they steal her mask from Loki? I don't know. There's some kind of connection here. Well, so you have you have that going on, and then she goes, "Yeah, get Rakan Dakaran to launch," and it cuts to this dude. And he's also got like big shoulder pads and a red cape and he's fucking jacked. So, I mean, we've got, we have gone like full blown triple H WrestleMania entrance at this point. Right. Like over the top, but it's cool. Well, well, when they say his name at first, like I was, I was like, wait, there's a suit called the Ramon Dakarin because <laughs> it's like launched the Ramon Dakarin. I'm like, wait, what the fuck is Ramon Dakarin? And then, you know, it's this dude. It's Rakan, Rakan, Rakan Dakarin. Sorry, Rakan Dakarin. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't very clear to me when they first said it, like what is launching, but it's this, you know, this muscle bound dude that's wearing like, I don't know. I guess he kind of reminds me, um, what was the guy at the beginning of Double Zeta and at the towards the end of um, with the turtle tattoo? Bare chest, creepy with Yazan. Yeah, yeah. Rakan reminds me of like a more beefy, um, roid ragey Yazan. He's uh, he's, he's an upgraded Yazan, but yeah. less obnoxious. Yeah. Well, maybe not less. <laughs> so Haman turns on the giant holoscope uh that that projects her into space. Uh so think like R2 like the R2D2 R2D2 hologram that uh Princess Leia uh sends out to Tatooine except it's like a giant one in space being projected by the by her ship. Um and she sta- while she's standing on her chair and she speaks to her fleet. Um I don't think they know how sound works in space. Why was this, what did this add to her communication to her troops? This was a floating astral projection into space. And, like, we, it, 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 and you've got to think most of the guys that are on the ship, like, are probably doing a job and they're not, like, looking out the spaceport to see her. So, <laughs> Stop what you're doing and look out the window. Come on, has a message for us. She's playing to the types of troops that we have been introduced to, which are the guys that just died, you know, um, with Mashima and, and his crew. And, well, Mashima's not dead, but his, his crew is now gone. The, th- and, the three musketeers. Yeah, yeah. The Endracor. So she's playing to that kind of troop. She says, she even says, turn on the holoscope. I want to um, uh, boost the troop morale. Yeah. So in her mind, she is being inspiring and people will see her. And I mean, you know, it's. She's no Gearin. But Gearin also didn't have a space hologram, to be fair. Uh, and this isn't the last time she uses it's, it either. The space yeah, hologram. It must be a new technology or something because Gearin would have been all over that. <laughs> um, so she rallies the troops to attack and defeat Earth. Uh, and then. 
we see Rakan in his suit, which is the Dryson. Does Scotty have information on the Dryson available here? I know he does. I did. And here's the thing about the Dryson. This is actually, despite its like special introduction here, this is just a mass production mobile suit. This is not like some crazy big deal custom job. So because of that, it's not it's, really very exciting. It's got a sash. Right. Th- this is basically an upgraded Dom. It looks almost exactly like a Dom. That yeah. From the head to toes, it, it's just like a beefier looking Dom. Yeah, it's in like the same tech tree, development tree. It's got a couple of beam cannons, um, but it's, ma- it's mostly made for melee combat. It has uh, some throwing weapons in the back, and then it has a beam tomahawk and a lancer that you can combine into one weapon. I don't know if we'll see that or not. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. It's fancy Dom. Fancy space axis Dom. Yep. All right. So Shinta and Kum tell Rue that the Devil Zeta has bombs strapped to it as they are, as, as the Argama detects the Axis troops um, that have launched with Rakan. Um, oh, and Madchar leaves. I am. Yeah. Do we ever see him again? I don't know. I know you said he, he had that, he has that manga that pops up where he uh, pilots the mustache. Yeah. Uh, we we know that he can't die because he still has to take that mustache ride. <laughs> uh, um, Can you imagine if we got like a side story that was just like just just Matt Jar like flying around, getting almost revealing all the secrets, but just getting away at the last second. Just, on this week's episode, Matt Jar mean, gets by Axis again. Yeah, of all the things that have currently running fan translations in English. One of them is the Char's Daily Life manga, so yep. I wouldn't put it I wouldn't put anything past anything. I, I still want to read the the Haman as an O L. Um alright, so uh Judo has hand grenades strapped to all all over his body and everybody's like, uh what the fuck? Um they try to stop him after he figures after like He's like, what, you know, what the fuck? Don't do this. Well, well so he like, he like float, floats in with like a big, like, I don't know if it's a tarp or a burlap sack or whatever. And he's like flying around and he's just kind of like got a cover in him. And it's like, this isn't weird, guys. Um, and the, the mechanic or, or whatever, like floats up and he's like, hey, uh, what you doing? You can't go out. He's like, how do you always guess what I'm going to do? <laughs> and then he like throws it. At yeah, guy. he like kicks him away. He his like bandolier of grenades. <laughs> yep. So, um, Eno gets stuck to this devil Zeta as, as this is going on, like the, the wire wraps around him. Um, we'll talk about this in a few minutes, but the wire wraps around him and he doesn't have a helmet and Judo's launching. Uh, and then we see Judo launching into space and, you know, managed to find a helmet somehow, even though he is not mobile and strapped to the double Zeta. Well, he had a helmet on his suit attached to the back. He just had to flip it down. Oh, okay. So him, like, get your, like, get your helmet. And so he, like, pulls it on, like, right at the last second. Okay. <laughs> um, yep. So Judo goes off into space and, uh, you know, people are talking to him and don't 
like they're like, what are you doing? Don't launch out into space, you know. But nobody manages manages to tell him the one thing that would have probably made him stop is, uh, hey, you know, strapped to your suit. Maybe you should like bring him back in. It's another one of those like convenient plot miscommunication things where they're like, hey, 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 wait, 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 no, don't, don't go. There's a good reason not to go. You shouldn't go because um, of reasons that we won't tell you until it's appropriate for the story. Oh, okay, shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> so he does. He does eventually notice, you know, strapped to him. He's like, "Oh, that sucks." Um. So at one point, so judo stops, and the the bombs kind of like yoink in front of him. Somehow, you know, despite being wrapped in all of these wires, does not get cut in half because they were wrapped around him before, right? Yeah, I assumed that this was like some sort of like heavy duty cable, um, not just like string. Um, and he basically, it, it first of all, it, it like wraps tight on him when it pulls him out into space, and like his his body weight is supporting these crates. I mean, I guess it is space, so you know, it would have killed him. It, 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 it it okay, yes, the the inertia of the sudden stop of the mobile suit. And then the, you know, velocitation of those things continuing to go in a zero gravity environment. Yes, he would have been ripped in half. Eno but should see, be dead. Here's the thing. You didn't know. Eno has fucking abs of steel. Okay. <laughs> and you thought you ever heard of eight minute abs? Eno yeah. does that twice a day, like clockwork. He does ab ripper X from P90X. That's when he disappears for eight minutes in every episode. That's what he's doing. He's just working on his abs. abs. Yeah. He doesn't have time for anything else. It's just abs. He's just like skin, bones, abs. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Uh, You see, you thought I might have some actual science-y explanation. uh, All I had was abs. (laughs) He knows the best. The real answer is whoever storyboarded it. Just did not even consider that for a second. And said, <laughs> this is just what happens. Deal with it. Or or they did. And they're like, no one will think about this. Uh, what, 30 years later, people are having a conversation about how he should have been shredded in half. <laughs> More than 30, 35 years later, three nerds will be sitting there discussing how he should have died. <laughs> um. So Judo lets Axis suits pass him uh, on the on their way to the Argama uh, because he's got better shit to do, and he knows, hey, the Argama just got the Hakushiki anyway, so like you know they're good. Um, it's not like his suit; those suits are like two generations old at this point. Um, so Rue and, and L launch to defend the Argama, um, and while they're doing that, Judo just blows past most of the Axis suits uh, and gets in in the face of one of the ships. Uh, This unnamed ship uh, does not seem to know anything about Lena. And uh, a suit kind of turns around and attacks Judo, and Judo just throws one of the bombs at the suit, uh, flies away, shoots the bombs, and blows up the suit and the ship. Bye-bye, Axis ship. I like their response, which was, Lena, we have no such mobile suit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and that pisses Judo off. He's like, mobile suit? 
My sister ain't no mobile suit. The the other thing that you have to realize here, and this is the reason I brought it up earlier in the episode, he's doing exactly what Beecha said he should do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's staying far enough away. Yeah. I think I think Beecha and Mondo expected those bombs to blow up when he did a sudden stop that would have killed Eno. Um. So the. Judo arrives at uh, the Satellon, and they find out that he is looking for Lena. And Haman leverages again for the second time this episode her her massive holoscope and uh, tells Judo that Lena is on her ship and that Judo has to get out of his suit and go to her ship to save her. So basically, come on in. Talk to my giant holoscope self, and you can have Lena. Yeah. And the, the reason Eno survives his rope encounter is that he needed to be there to tell Judo, this is very obviously some kind of trick or trap, dude. I mean, come on. And Judo's like, well, whatever. I'm going to do it anyway. So yep. Don't worry, I got grenades. Well, right, yeah. The, the guards try to detain him, and he's like, hang on. Grenades. I could blow myself up. He's like, if you and, get close to me, I will kill everyone. I will blow myself up. Yeah, and Haman just like floats right towards him and grabs him and takes him away. And like, you know, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, yeah, you, you just stay in the suit. You'll be fine. Close the One hatch. One thing I noticed about that part where she like, she kind of just hops down and flies towards him. Everyone starts freaking out. They're like, they're like, whoa, Haman, don't do this. Like, you got to stay up here. We got to keep you safe. So it's a little bit of that, like, everyone's, like, super overbearingly protective of her, but a little bit, like, she's in charge, but everyone does not, kind of doesn't treat her that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, imagine it this way, though. You have the president goes to the Middle East, and he starts talking to a teenage suicide bomber with <laughs> an armed blow-up vest, right? And then he just grabs him and says, let's go talk somewhere without any of his security detachment. That's more or less what happens right here. Not yeah, exactly, fair. but these yeah. kids just—they just blow up so fast. Well, this is this is uh, this little uh, scene. This is about to blow. Something's about to blow up really fast. Yeah. Yep. So Haman basically uh, corners corners judo like I don't know uh, like bright corners single women and <laughs> says there has to be some sort of attraction between them. Uh, and that they're the same. We are the same race, is what she says. Yep. And it's a good thought, quoting maneuver. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, Judo's like, okay, weird, whatever. Where's Lena? And Haman says, well, yeah, she's not here. But you knew I was lying. You just came here because you felt something pulling you. Yeah. And he's like, uh, no. But then now this is what Lane was talking about. She goes. She does the wall slam. I forget what the term is for it, but she does the wall slam. Now, this is we've already discussed this. I think when uh, 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 it was one of those dudes, like Corners Rekoa in Zeta, one of the Yazans guys mm-hmm. that gets killed. Um, we talked about how the wall slam is not very effective in space. So wh- what you see Haman doing here that's brilliant because she probably knows this. She's clearly a thirsty cougar based on this scene. 
is even though uh, she's actually probably only a year or two older than him by anime standards thirsty cougar yeah um she uses like bonus new type abilities you know to make it really trippy and now you've taken your mood score from like negative five to like 90 because judo's like first he's weirded and he's like oh oh, he's kind of like gets into it does he get into it though yeah he starts to he might not be like aware but he's getting like kind of he he's starting to get like drawn in here right because he's he he doesn't know like how to maybe deal with this new type pressure yet right i i i read it more along the lines of like she was mesmerizing him with her power basically like uh there was i forget who it was i forget the exact scene but it was like earlier in the show where um judo just like new type rages and just like throws somebody off of their game and i i i read this scene as haman doing something similar except she's more in tune with her new type abilities so she knows how to like throw someone off and put them in kind of like a trance yeah, entirely possible. I think as the show progresses, we'll have more to add to this conversation. Yeah. I think these two characters are given a strange but certainly discussion-worthy relationship as the show goes on. And I think um, there's some things that can tell us about Haman as well. Uh, but we can. I think they might be more appropriate to get to later yep. on. Yep. So um, as, as this is going on and Judo is starting to kind of fall under her trance – Um, Some of her guys kind of like jump into the hallway and um, snap them out of it. Uh, She's she's going to seal the deal here. She's going for the kiss at this point. Yeah. And then she gets cock blocked by her own guards. Yep. They're like, they try to like say, come on, we're trying to save you. And Judo wakes up. (laughs) Yeah. And Judo like snaps out of it and you know, gets away. Yeah. So this, this is where Luke was saying, like, she doesn't really have the best control of her people at this point, but, um, you know, they are worried about her. Do they not have the best control of her? Yeah. A little, a little column A, a little column B, I think. I think, um, one of the things that I kind of noticed is that she kind of seems to lead everyone around the same way, which is exactly what she was doing to Trudeau. Like she kind of, I don't want to say uses her feminine wiles because it's not really the appropriate way to describe that. Um, but like almost seduces, but kind of like leads them on a little bit. And everyone has that kind of hope in their mind that maybe I'll be the one. Um, And then everyone's like, no, no, I have to save her so that I'll be the one. Everybody gets that Mashima idea to maybe not to the unhealthy delusional degree that Mashima has it, but at least like a tiny inkling of that. Yeah. Yeah. So the Argama is too close to blow up a uh, 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 Rakan ship that's trying to ram into it. Well, we didn't we didn't note this before, but he said he was going to do this, and then later here we see him doing it. He is approaching the ship from above. Yeah, which for something a series that has a lot of space battles, which are in three dimensions, we don't we don't see enough of like three dimensional tactics. So I'm kind of I, I like this just for that. Yeah. So he's 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 getting ready to ram the Argama. Um, but the Argama manages to use the mega particle beam super cannon to push it out of the ship's way just barely. So like they fire it and it gives them enough propulsion to just barely dodge, uh, Rakan's ship. It, his ship loses like a fin or something. That's about it. 
Um, and then Rakan orders his ship um, to go back to Haman's ship after they hear about the double Zeta uh, attacking it. Uh, and then he also launches in his Dreisen. Um, so snap back to Judo running around the ship, trying to get back to D- double Zeta and away from Haman, uh, who is chasing him with her goons. Uh, and then we see him throw one of his, uh, Rambo grenades into one of the control rooms, uh, blow up the, the window and he's able to get back to the double Zeta. Um, and as he's about, he was about to try to blow up, blow a hole into the, sh- the side of the ship. And, uh, Eno's like, uh, yeah, they took the bombs. And Judo's like, dude, why the fuck did I leave you in my, sh- in the Zeta if you're just going to let him take my shit? What were you doing here? <laughs> um, I mean, really, what, what would he have done though? Like, he, he would have piloted the double Zeta and left the ship and Judo would have been fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Judo engages the Dreisen, uh, as, as, so he blows a hole in the side of the ship with his gun. Cause you know, he didn't actually need bombs for that. And it probably would have killed him if he did that. Um, so he just blows a hole in the side of the ship, engages the Dreisen and mostly hand to hand combat. Kind of like what Scotty had mentioned earlier. Um, they, ha- they have like the, the spear. I don't, I don't know what the, the technical term for the, you know, like you have the heat hawk and things like that. This is like a heat hawk spear thing trident this is um oh yeah it's a the beam tomahawk and the beam lancer it combines into uh, one larger weapon and i don't know what that weapon is called yeah yeah Yeah, so yeah there's there's a whole bunch of fighting where it gets thrown at them it gets swung at them all that stuff um and at one point the double zeta gets a big chunk uh cut out of its chest which we uh conveniently never hear about again um and judo seems pretty outmatched in this fight for the most part he's he's not handling himself too well were you asking what the uh the staff with the blades on it uh was called yeah it was the it's the beam lancer right that's part of it oh does it combine with something the beam lancer is a staff weapon that emits a short blade and can combine with the beam tomahawk into a naginata. Okay, so naginata, beam naginata is what we were looking for, I think. I okay. dub the, the the beam naginata. Yep. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, he's what they're just trying to show you is that like Haman has personally sent this guy out. Obviously, he's good, and they're just trying to show you through the fight. Yeah, he's pretty good. But only pretty good because the Mark II and the Zeta show up and um, you yeah. know kind of helps. Yeah, it, it helps Judo a little bit. But now, um, you know, the Dreisen is still trying to attack him. But then at this yeah. point, uh, Judo gets out the double Zeta's dual giant ass beam sabers. Yep. Yep. So when Ellen Rue show up, they they kind of you know three on one is much harder to win than you know one on one. But Judo manages to cut the Dreisen in half, uh, and Rakan escapes uh, right as the the suit blows up in the escape pod. Um, we don't see enough like escape pod like ball things getting launched. Yeah, we only. Yeah, see- I enjoyed that. We, I think the last one we saw was Yazan's, mm-hmm. which again another pretty straight allusion to Yazan. 
I, I take Nothing Yazan. Dealing is, with Yazan is straight. What's that? No, that's no. true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Judo vows to get Lena again as Rakan floats around in space, and Glimmy. We get a shot of Glimmy having Lena do ballet, um, and we learn that the Argama was damaged a lot, and uh, Shinta and Kum are spanking Mondo as we flash to Bright making a decision. Oh, sorry. The, we flashed Shinten Kum spanking Beach and Mondo, and my final thoughts for the episode were Bright's decision to keep these assholes on board is looking dumber and dumber. <laughs> well, even benefit of the doubt, like, okay, he thought they were going to do better. Like, again, like Scotty said, I don't think they planned it in this exact order or anything like that, but um, yeah, like, even after, like, even if you give benefit of the doubt up to this point, like, okay, it's time to like firing squad these dudes yeah like the one girl was all super worried about like oh no i betrayed them so i'm gonna get shot down i'm like no you're not <laughs> yeah. you're certainly made part of the crew <laughs> yeah there's there's no uh there's no organization or order on on bright ships they, they went from like having just betrayed them to coming back on board and being part of the like I don't know what you call it, but they're on the deck helping to pilot during combat. Yeah, they they turn they they go from like trying to steal all of the mobile suits and trying to have the Argama killed to being primary pilots. Yeah, I thought that was one, a little odd. One thing that has not changed from the start of the show until now. Have you seen the Ayug send more actual people to the Argama? That's a very good point. So I they think said that, Matt Char. Not a body. Not a single body, no. Matt Char and Millie. And they left. <laughs> Wouldn't you if you got on the ship and were like, oh, yeah, this ship looks really stable. I am going to give you everything you have. Do you need engineering help? Well, just send me an email. Look, nowhere is safe in the world of Gundam in the Universal Century. So it's a coin I'm, flip. I'm surprised when they were like, hey, Bright, do you want a new ship? He's not like, no, no, no. But like, you know, maybe some. Maybe some crew. Can you give me people above the age of 18 to pilot things? I would take 16, you know, 16 and up. Let's look. middle age. You know, it's fine. Actually, isn't judo above. Isn't judo 16? No, I thought he was 15. Oh, it's something. It, he is something stupid, like 14, but he's drawn like not that <laughs> like a 20 year old. Yeah, he looks like he should be early 20s or something. Episode 23, Burning Earth. Yeah, Judo's 14 in this show, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yes. Yeah, yeah you know. Puts Lena at, like, what, 12, 10? Yeah, and, well, and remember, Camille is supposed to be, I think, 16, right? Because that's how old Amuro was, and everything is the same with them um not everything but uh it, you know judo looks older than both of them yeah by this, a, a lot th this episode it, it's i'm glad you bring up camille because this episode is basically uh a repeat of uh foreign camille's relationship so let's go let's go ahead and start it <laughs> um so we see Pool floating in what we think is space and being told that the Gundam is her enemy and that Judo Ashta is too. And, and it's Glimmy's voice saying all of this. Um, but 
you can see that she's very conflicted by this. Um, but it's very clear that this is where she's getting brainwashed. Um, we see a whole bunch of uh, different Gundams attacking her and killing her or not killing her, but basically shooting at her and, uh, in combat situations. Um, and she's being told that, you know, again, Gundams are her enemy. So this it's like is, that first, it's like that first time in VR thing where like the, the bullet coming at you actually makes you jump because you kind of yeah. forget that it's VR. Yeah. Just get shot at and like, ah. So this 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 is what I can or we can assume we've seen kind of some of it before with um uh some of the other cyber new types but this is like the new type cyber new type conditioning that they that they use to brainwash um Forer and Rosamia um works really well guys you get great great pilots out of this great pilots yeah, yeah well one thing I did want to mention, just for anyone listening, if you are going through Gundam for the first time with us, which I don't think anyone is, but if you are, I don't want to you know, presume, and you have not seen things that come later in the chronology, just make us a very brief mental note about this scene. Very brief, just small. Don't have to like memorize it. Just kind of remember it as a as a thing that might be might come up way later. So, um, we learned that Glimmy is going to take a pull to Haman and the doctor that's with there, there with them, uh, that's doing, helping with the brainwashing says that pull is too, uh, exhausted, both physically and mentally for that. She's not ready. She needs to recover. Um, and we see Lena outside of the door here. It's unclear exactly how much she can hear or knows what's going on, but I mean, she's obviously interested and knows that Glenny's in there. Um, and we learn when the door opens that Lena is going to be introduced to Haman as well as a proper, proper lady. Um, and as Glimmy is talking to her, um, the doctor is kind of carrying a, a passed out pulls, uh, body. Well, there's a interesting thing that you see here visually when this conversation is all going on between Glemmy and this, I don't know, doctor, mad scientist, whatever he is. And he says, oh, I'll have a rest in the sick bay. And Glemmy's like, no, no, I'm going to take her to see Haman. And they're going through that conversation. And just before Glemmy goes to leave, this door opens next to him. And you just see pull like face planted on the yep. floor. Yeah. Glemmy doesn't even look at it or into it or any of it. He just ignores it entirely and then goes and opens the door and sees Lena and starts talking to her. Yeah. Yeah. Glemmy's fucked up. Um, and Char. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I wrote Glemmy sucks like four times in my notes throughout this episode. Yeah. Glemmy, Glemmy's, Glimmy's character really starts getting filled out in this episode. Um, Glimmy really starts taking away Char's character development in this episode. <laughs> um, so Beach and Mondo are musing that they don't know why they're fighting, uh, what they're fighting for, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and Bright comes up behind them and is like, "Hey guys, what's up?" Uh, <laughs> and they they say the same thing to him. And they're like, we don't know why we're fighting. And Bright says, hey, no, you're fighting for Earth. Uh, and he's like, but we're Spacenoids. And he's like, I am too. Is Bright a Spacenoid? I thought he was from California. Mm. 
I, I, I had the same thought. I didn't know where he was from, but I thought I, I was I was sitting there like I could have sworn he was from Earth. Yeah, I I could have swore he was he he was born in Earth. I'm trying to see if I can find it in in a real quick uh thing. And well, I don't I don't see it. I do see that you know, one of the things it says is that love interest, it only shows uh, Mirai Noah in there. It doesn't show Emery in there at all. <laughs> well, so I, I think that's... It's kind of the, the the less interesting thing here to me about that. It's just maybe weird moment yeah. of writing. Or, or I, I felt like in real time watching it, like... He says to them, isn't saving the Earth a good enough reason? And Mondo's like, but we're space noids. And he says, I am too in the subs. I feel like something might have been lost there. I don't know. I feel like he might have been trying to say something like, you don't want to save the Earth because you're not an Earth noid, but I'm an Earth noid too. That's how I took it. But I, maybe he also meant it as I, I am a space noid, as in I identify as one of these now. Because he's certainly, in what we've seen, been in space a lot more than he has been on the planet. So, um, yeah, and that's mostly just because he's trying to stay away from his family. But your your point is taken. Yeah, but um, the the thing I liked here though is that he he continues on. And he says it's our duty to keep those who've never left Earth for space from defiling it. Now, what I like about this is, you know, other than the AU affiliation, we don't get to hear much about what Bright thinks ever. Yeah. And so this is a very rare time of, of getting his like opinion and motivation of something. And you go, Oh, that, that actually really aligns well with the AU and what uh, Char and Blex and all those guys were talking about. But damn, did we have to wait until 23 episodes into the sequel to, to figure it out? Yeah. So Bicha and Mondo tell Bright that they basically are thinking about leaving the Argama once they get to Earth. Um, and Bright's like, okay, thank on it. Um, and heads over to Judo. And he starts off saying like, hey, I just want to know if you resent me or not. Uh, and Judo's like, what for? I'm cleaning my double Zeta. He's like, no, you know, for getting you involved and uh, getting Lena captured and all that stuff. And um, Judo plays it off pretty well. He's like, you know, it sucks, but you know, I don't, I don't hate you for it. Basically. Um, like Judo's playing a pretty happy face right now. Uh, and then bright heads over to Rue, who's like, you know, kind of patting him on the back and is like, Hey, don't worry about this stuff. You're, you're being, you're being paranoid. Like, People look up to you. You're a good leader. Um, and <laughs> and she doesn't think Judo will ever leave, even if they get Lena. Um, right, because the, well, that's what Bright was really asking Judo about, because we just heard Beecha and Mondo say, yeah. hey, when we get to Earth, we're probably going to leave. And Bright's like, okay. But then he immediately goes over to Judo, and his conversation leads to, Judo, when you rescue Lena, are you going to just leave the ship? That's where he was concerned. That's what he wanted to talk yeah. to him. And Judo's like, no, I don't, I don't think that far ahead. And, and he doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, um, and Rue and L actually start talking about how Judo's so loyal and this and that. And like, there's a little bit of subtext between them. They're like, 
uh, they're like, we just, you know, is judo ever going to settle down and, you know, which one of us gets him? <laughs> yeah. And they also take this moment to remind us that Rue is actually like an AUG person. Yeah. Like kind of a volunteer fighter. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, so there, there's a little character building and motivation for Bright and hopefully kicking Beach and Mondo off the ship sooner rather than later. Um, so, Glummy meets with uh, Haman and has pull, pull uh, in tow with him. And um, Haman makes a comment that she didn't think Glummy would make make it back alive to her. Uh, because when she had taken her fleet to do the invasion of Earth, uh, she basically left Axis uh, undefended. And Glummy basically says at this point, yeah, well, we can always rebuild Axis. It's not a big deal. Um Haman also at this point, and it's very, very subtle, hints that there is more than one of her. Um, I don't know, like if you guys probably caught it, but she was like, Yeah, is this is this the real me or something along those lines? Um Well, no, yeah. What it's when yeah, you mentioned Glummy saying we can always rebuild Axis or replace it, but he says there's only one of you. Lady Haman, and she goes, how do you know? Yeah. Now, I think this is more in reference to something like a body double than anything else. But we, but not to give spoilers down the line, but... Of course. They're, it's I, a I'm thing. I'm just saying, don't yeah. read into it yeah. too, too much. Yeah. Yeah, we can we can always get into the shark loan theories of like victory governments. <laughs> um, all right, uh, yeah, and then uh, as this scene kind of ends, um, Haman tells her unnamed lieutenant to uh, manage Glimmy's bodyguards well. So it's clear she does not exactly trust uh glimmy in the scene yeah this is like a almost full-on game of thrones betrayal garden conversation going yeah. on here um and this is another point where i i infected my own head with this idea and I, i'm mad at myself for doing so but can you just imagine we don't have glimmy we got char he's pretending to get along with him on in the wake of the previous crisis and everything seems like it's going pretty well. And then you slowly start to see Char doing weird sociopath things like he usually does. And then in the same episode, you have a conversation that hints that Haman's like, I know you're going to betray me. And he's like, no, no way. How much better is that? I hate that. I hate, I got to get this idea out of my head. It's, but man, watch might have been. Watch that. So we learned that uh, that from Karaba talking to the Ayug that Dakar has been infiltrated by Axis spies and that Axis has essentially shut down um, the Federation Senate or whatever um, and basically caused them to not really to, to be paralyzed essentially um, and. Uh, Bright and the bridge crew uh, are just kind of like annoyed and pissed off and sad about this entire situation. 
uh, in walks Judo with like donuts for everybody. Burgers. <laughs> Burgers. Uh, that's right, a bright burger. Um, and he's like, hey, everybody wants some? And um, then they detect that uh, there are three Axis ships. Well, it's funny here because Judo's like, hey, what's going on? What's what's happening? And Bright's like, I'm going to need you to go after the Sadalan instead <laughs> of answering his question. And then you learn from like Torres, like they aren't actually sure which one it is. He's yeah. like, I'm pretty sure it's the one in front, I think. Yeah, there's so there's three Axis ships and they're not mm-hmm. sure which one uh, is the Sadalan. Yeah, um, you got the Satellon, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. No, I mean the Satellon, the Mindra, and the Sandra. Yeah. Um. So Judo decides he wants to destroy the Balutes on the ships to prevent them from getting into Earth because it'll be he believes it'll be easier for him for them to rescue Lena if they're in space versus if they're on Earth. Um. So, but I mean, Eno had a point. Like, it, it wouldn't. Can't we just let them land? Like, wouldn't it make it easier? And Judo's like, uh, well, no. I mean, I don't want to wait around. Uh, I'll yeah. see you later. Yeah, Judo's not the the type to strategize. He's shoot first, ask questions later. Um. So Judo tells Rue to take the double Zeta while he takes the Zeta out to attack. And that's very convenient because as we as we know, the Zeta can was specifically built so that it could go into airplane mode and potentially uh like land on Earth with Yeah, and he says he wants it for its maneuverability. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, my translation was uh it's the lightest one. Yeah. Yeah. Um so Paul goes to launch when they detect the Argama, uh, and then Glimmy reminds her. He's basically like, uh, "Is who, who is Judo Ashta to you?" And she like, you know, cyber new type twitches and is like, "My enemy." Um, and she launches in the cubile. Yeah, and Glimmy being really intense in his line of questioning here. Yeah, like in a in a like creepy abusive parent sort of way. Yeah. Yep, and he launches in his Bawu as well. Uh, and then we see Lena uh, being forced to play more piano. Uh, um, um, yeah. this the, the whole, all the stuff that Glimmy is like forcing on Lena is just so creepy um, when you think about it, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, now he's in his mobile suit and he has an internal monologue here to himself where he realizes Haman has started to suspect him and he says he wants to prove his usefulness to her so it yes. doesn't put his position in jeopardy so you know his own internal thoughts he doesn't seem super on board with any kind of betrayal at the moment or at least they're not sharing that with the viewer at this point well she also says that she's starting to suspect him so does that mean uh that that he does have plans and he just isn't ready to execute them yet or or is it like completely like she doesn't fully trust me and I need to like maintain or get her trust back or yes, all of the above. They're just trying to leave the viewer guessing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so pull senses Judo and starts firing on him uh, and she launches all of her bits and Judo just kind of like 
pieces out of that situation uh, pretty quickly. So she's not able to, to, to pursue. Um, flashback to the Argama, and we see Beecha complaining that he doesn't want to launch uh, in a suit and fight because he doesn't want to fight the, this this adult adult battle for the adults. He, you know, he's just a kid. He doesn't need to be doing this shit. Um, and Lena gets pissed off at him and kind of chastises him. And then, uh, we get L L gets mad at him. Sorry. Yeah. L gets mad at him. Um, and then Traeger threatens to take the Hyakushiki. He's like, Oh, fuck it. I'll take the Hyakushiki. If he says like, Oh no, you know, beat you. I actually agree with you. You have a point. I'll, I guess I have to go out. We shouldn't be sending women and children. Yeah. So yeah, Mr. Traeger, I think this is the first time he's ever named, um, <laughs> goes up to fly in the suit and Beach is like, no, that dude's a shitty pilot. I'm going to take the Yakushiki. We can't have shitty pilots going out to fight. Um, and then all the suits launch from the argument. Uh, Glimmy learns that Judo is piloting the Zeta uh and not rue when basically they 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 lock for a second and he's like rue what are you doing and judo's like no nah, it's me bro I'm like come on you get your you get your first uh axis person going nani however <laughs> you say that um yep so once again judo breaks away and heads towards uh haman's ship and Judo senses Lane on a ship and starts heading toward towards it, but then uh Pole and her cubelet gets in between them. Um And when when Haman's ship detects the Zeta, and this is obviously, you know, Haman would be associating that with Camille, uh this is where you get from Haman a uh, Nani. Nani. Which is which is why I wrote those down because you, it's in quick succession that you get the villains doing that. But Haman is confused at this point, right? Cause she's like, what the fuck Camille? Like she yeah. does not look very pleased. Yeah. So, uh, the Axis ships begin entering earth's atmosphere during the battle, uh, between judo and pole. Uh, they deploy their balutes and start descending. Um, Rue sends Bicha and L to back up judo. While she defends the argument with the double Zeta, and there's this little scene uh, where, like, she just like rips through a ton of the mobile suits that are that are attacking the Argama, like almost instantly. Um, yeah, she. These like, are the zisses, right? Yeah, she goes, "I'll handle the zisses," and then she does. Yeah. Yep. Um. So Judo grabs the cubelet and offers pull ice cream. Uh, which in turn just starts fucking with her head. So this scene right here, like this is almost one for one. The, f like the, I don't know. This, is it the four and, uh, Camille scene? Like, like yeah. while they're floating in space it, while she's in the psycho Gundam. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think or that was space. in space. It was in, yeah, it was in the atmosphere. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, hey, open your cockpit, and then she does and has a gun pointed at him. Yep. I've never seen that before. Yeah. It's, it's almost like stock animation, except the characters are different. Um, yeah, so she starts freaking out, um, having flashbacks of them eating ice cream together while Ju's, Judo's, like, trying to calm her down, and, and then she pulls a gun, uh, gun on him. Um, 
And he's like trying to talk her out of fighting again, almost word for word, the, the Camille scene from, from the last series. Uh, and she shoots him in the shoulder and he reenters the Zeta. Uh, he kind of gets like pushed back into the Zeta. Um, and then Glimmy and Judo fight and Glimmy in the, in the process of shooting at the Zeta hits the Cubile and sends it falling, uh, into Earth's orbit or atmosphere. Um, so Beecha and was El. It, was it into the atmosphere or did she just get caught by like the gravity, like by the gravitational pull? I mean, they're already getting close. Yeah, they were like at yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she gets starts falling in into Earth's atmosphere or whatever, where she can't like escape it essentially. Um, so Beecha and L show up and, uh, Glimmy runs away really quickickly at this point um and then and he, he says well pulp survive if you're lucky yeah yeah um and judo transforms and flies down to save pull uh you get this scene where like everything's really red because of the heat and everything but you almost think for a minute like this could be the end of pull here um but judo manages to get the the zeta under her uh, with the heat shield and everything, and she like grabs onto the Zeta. There's a little scene where she he's like, "Pop your wings off because they we're gonna die if you don't." And she's like, "I can't," and they blow up anyway. And she well, well, no, what? So it's basically throwing everything off balance. And if you have a heat shield, yeah, uh, you don't want that. Right. You don't want anything off, okay? Uh, the Columbia had a few tiles missing, and it turned into a fiery. Um, trail of nothing so you you have to be very precise let's ignore the fact looking at a model of the wave rider ignore that this is the fiction part of the science fiction um but hey you know is still alive exactly okay (laughs) six minute abs the zeta does it too um they uh uh, he says like hey these are throwing us off balance and she's like, they are not designed. She's like, it's, it's not made for that. But what she ends up doing is using two funnels. So she uses the Saikamu to have two funnels blow those things right yep. off of there, which I think is, is pretty cool. Pretty good idea. Um, yeah. So um, they, they blow up and they're able to descend without dying. Presumably we don't actually see them land this episode, but they don't die. Um, and then, we see the Argama and everyone else deploying their balutes and deplo- descending towards Earth as well. And the episode kind of ends with like a meteor shower looking scene of all all these ships and mobile suits float uh, f- like descending towards the Earth. Doesn't stuff look dumb in balutes? Especially the ships. They're like going yeah. down ass first. Yeah, they do. They look really stupid. It reminded it reminded me of when I was a kid and I would like tie a garbage bag to something and throw it off the roof to try and keep it from <laughs> being destroyed. Yeah. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, it could be. Could be. You know, you can there was a before they started making like sexy variants of the Hyakushiki, the only like variant model kit of it that they really did was that you could buy one that had that uh value unit. Like the the vest looking thing over it. I should just get some vinyl, make 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 some balutes or everything. Just like dip it and 
uh, like super glue or something. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, you guys got anything else for these two? No, we're we're going to Earth. Yeah, I I really liked especially episode twenty three. I thought sets up a lot of things to go moving forward and uh, defines a lot of personalities and plots that are going to like be important. Yeah, there's a good pair of episodes right here. I mean, this is. Uh... I was just yeah. going to say, we're getting to the point where, like, I feel like it's getting pretty good. I really enjoyed these. Yeah, if if you were, we're not doing this, but if we were along the way making a list of, you know, if you wanted to watch this abridged, you know, or if you were to make a compilation movie, like, what are the things you have to include? These couple of episodes have a lot of things you would have to include. Yeah, for sure. All right. We will check you again in two weeks. Till then, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Utah Flash Pod and wherever else we put things on the internet. Uh, see you soon. Skankin' Monkeys Grinder account. <laughs> is that what it is now? <laughs>